The Lamudi webinar series is a series of online discussions with industry experts who share their insights and tips on how to retain your business despite the current challenges. Very good afternoon to our viewers tuning in live for today's panel, Healthy Real Estate, Can Buildings Protect Us From Future Pathogens? Now, the focus of sustainable and healthy buildings has been a global trend for some time. Um, the importance of a building's layout and physical structure in particular does affect the health and well-being of its occupants and such. This has been a huge and growing topic even before the current crisis. But today, uh, in a crisis where previously unthinkable approaches have now become the new norm, we want to find out how companies can keep up with their sustainability momentum. My guests today are three real estate developers involved in the sustainable and healthy building momentum. We want to explore what is being done in the Philippines, what more we can do to ensure continuous development, and whether or not healthy buildings might be able to protect us during a future outbreak. We have three panelists today, um, starting with Christopher Narciso, Executive Vice President at Arthurland Development Corporation, Emma Imperial, President and CEO of Imperial Homes Corporation, and Marla Mendoza, Assistant Marketing Manager at Filigree. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Deborah. Thank you. Now, to start off with perhaps a definition from our panelists um, to set some context, uh, perhaps starting with Chris. Um, Chris, what are healthy buildings? Well, healthy buildings uh, are, are it, it's a classification of a building that uh, has features that protects and uh, takes care of the occupants, whether it's an office building or a residential building. Uh, it promotes practices that keeps the occupants well and uh, facilitates opportunities for them to connect with one another and to live life to the fullest. That's uh, essentially a healthy building. Sure, Chris. Uh, I understand that Arthur Lens offices are triple certified, uh, Elite, Birdie, and Edge. Could you tell us a little bit more about this? Well, uh, I think, uh, number one, uh, our Arthaland Century Pacific Tower, uh, we, it's the first uh, office building in the Philippines to be triple certified with regards to those green certifications. But uh, lately, it's also been certified under the WELL program, uh, and, and that deals more with the health and wellness of the occupants of the building. So you can actually say... <laughs> It has uh, four certifications on the, uh, and that's all under our sustainable philosophy of development. No, um, so for the lead, the Berde, as well as the Edge, um, there's a lot of focus in terms of uh, um, the environment and how how we how we save on energy and other other natural resources when we developed the building as well as when we are operating it. Uh, and the, a, lot of, a lot of those features are actually uh, beneficial to our tenants or the occupants, the users, right? And um, with, with regards to the well certification, it, it uh, measures uh, the level of uh, the features that we put into the building as well as the practice. Uh, it's not just the physical, uh, it, it also involves the uh, soft side, the soft skills of uh, everybody who uh, occupies a building, uh, but especially the property manager. 
All right, thank you, Chris. Um, Emma, now a question for you. Your um, green, sustainable, and healthy buildings has been along your agenda. Um, tell us a little bit, what is your definition of healthy building? Um, you know, currently there are available healthy materials in the market. And I think um, the, one that's, uh, the one that really is pioneering this one is humbly my, our company because we, we have a technology that comes from Denmark, uses ultra high performance concrete. And, and usually the, this, this kind of materials, it, it, uh, it's, it's non-porous and therefore bacteria doesn't come in. And, and then the, the life of the people inside is really gonna be safer because if there's no bacteria, there's not gonna be molds, then the immune system is better. So there are materials uh, out there. And also the company, I think same with Chris, we're, we're like the pioneer for uh, the edge in the Philippines because we've been using uh, green materials. Uh, that's, we started with solar and now we're using um, Conovate building technology from Denmark. And that's really healthy and I could, I could cite uh, further on later on some studies uh, they use high performance concrete uh, for the pigs and uh, when the pigs were having diarrhea because the the building materials that they used for the pets were very low quality so they, they started using um, ultra high performance concrete and that then the the health of the pigs uh, became better because there was like the study was having like death for every hundred pigs. So uh, there are materials now there that would keep, keep buildings uh, healthy, you know, so. All right, thank you, Emma. Now on to Marla a little bit. Uh, Marla, could you tell us about uh, your version of healthy buildings and a little bit on filigree's agenda? Okay, well, well, healthy buildings as we know, actually what is a more popular term before I think is green buildings. But I think with everything that has been happening, we move forward to a better phrase or a better term, which is healthy buildings. Um, it's not a new term. It's not a new word. It's just um, a greater awareness that other than the importance of constructing in a way that, it, that is environmentally friendly, um, that can um, help, help the ecosystem. And actually, basically, the whole, um, the whole point of having it green is fighting climate change, right? But then there's also heightened awareness now that buildings should be able to support and protect humans. So this is really a more holistic approach because, again, it's not just for the environment, but also for the occupants. So it's physically, emotionally, productivity, um, efficiency of their lives. Healthy buildings are supposed to really support the whole life, um, the whole human experience actually of the occupants or tenants. So that is for us, um, that is a healthy building. Um, for filigree, um, to cite as an example, for filigree, um, we're a three-year-old um, real estate brand. We have currently have four projects right now, um, coming up with five. Um, and from the very beginning, um, what's nice with filigree is we have always been purposeful and um, well-intentional on the design of our building in such a way that it's really, we really focused on human experience. We really wanted to offer 
um, projects that will better the life of our end users. So that was really uh, an advantage to us. And what's nice was it was really from the get-go, from the onset, from the conceptualization, we had all that in mind that what, what's important are the end users to give them a better lifestyle. Um, and then also after that, um, one of our, actually our most premium um, residential project called Botanica Re Nature Residences is also Berde certified. certified. Berde is a local green rating system. For, it's for the Philippines. Um, we're proud to be rated four star under Berde. Um, for Botanica, it was also, again, very in intentional for it to be sustainable and green in such a way that um, we really hired and made sure all the, the materials we used, the design was really well thought out. Um, we collaborated with expert, a team of experts, um, architects, planners, who really um, collaborated with us to make sure that from construction to the design, everything was purposeful. So it kind of works. Um, it kind of, uh, how do you say this? It totals up to hours, specifically for Botanica. It's not only sustainable, but also um, designed well. So it equates to a healthy building. I think um, our other buildings aren't green, or, I mean, aren't um, certified green yet, or we don't have an award yet for the other buildings. But then still with the design that we've incorporated, they're still considered healthy buildings. So there are different ways that you can actually be a healthy building. Sure, thank you for sharing your thoughts on that, Marla. Now, I want to go to what you said a little bit about um, beyond conserving resources, beyond smart energy consumption. Um, and that brings me to the topic of our panel today. Um, when we talk about a healthy building, can a healthy building protect us from a future outbreak? Yeah, definitely. Um, you were in a very unusual, we're in a very unusual situation right now wherein we're all mandated to stay indoors, right? And their only form of shelter is where we are, our buildings. And um, I think where uh, the building that you're in, I mean, whether it's residential or non-residential, there's also study that 90% of our um, day is spent inside these buildings. So um, if you're asking, your question was, if it can help protect us from pathogens, definitely. Um, they say That's that ventilation, more... right? Uh, I'm sorry? For example, the way the ventilation is designed, the way the offices are laid out? Yes. Um, for example, social distancing. Um, I'd have to give um, our projects also as an example. Um, we're very much into open, generous spaces. So with that, with, and with the need to do social distancing, our tenants are able to do that. Um, we're not offering un or units or projects that are cramped or that are very um, close to each other. Um, we also have single corridor hallways, which again allows for social distancing. With air ventilation and the presence of natural daylight, again, that's another thing that helps with um, having a better healthy system, right? I mean, you're more susceptible to, the, to these pathogens and diseases when you have low immune system. And basically, your overall environment helps you have that um, healthy, healthy body. Also, it says the small details also, like um, if your building is a walkable 
um, building, like let's say to essential services, right? Then you can always walk instead of, which allows you to, to have a little exercise as well, instead of using um, cars and producing more to the pollution, to the out, outside pollution. So there are, yes, I think definitely your building can protect you from pathogens. And I think the more that, the more that you have a desirable in, indoor environment, the more you want to stay inside as well, the more you're not anxious. Um, again, I'm just going to go back to having substantial daylight. I mean, we all need the vitamin C. Um, again, I'm going to go back. Um, our units have balconies, um, 11 to 13 square meters. That space is generous, is good enough space for you to just go out, get some sun, and really take as much as you can from the outdoors with this um, ECQ period. So I guess those are some ways that buildings can help us um, or protect us from pathogens. All right, thank you, uh, Marla, for those thoughts. Um, Chris, I understand that uh, this green design is a large part of Arthurland's agenda when it comes to office spaces. What are your thoughts on the matter? Can the layouts, um, is there any correlation of preventing us from diseases, pathogens? But definitely, definitely, Deborah. Uh, for one thing, our, our green buildings is actually uh, part of our sustainability campaign. We, as a company, we believe uh, that everything we do, everything we develop, has to make things better for uh, the occupants, no? uh, make the future better for our future residents or occupants. And our way of doing this is to ensure that the developments satisfy the highest levels of uh, uh, sustainability certifications with regards to green building certifications and uh, of late, uh, wellness. So first of all, the green buildings, the way we see it is uh, uh, you need to be able to provide uh, features uh, and measure them to ensure that the comfort level of the occupants are better than that of uh, other buildings. So as Marla mentioned, there are a lot of things that a, a building design uh, can have so that it, it would uh, have better features for, for in terms of uh, uh, energy, water consumption, uh, air ventilation, air filtration, everything. Uh, even minimize uh, uh, the, the contact, surface contact for the users. But uh, I think what's, what's uh, even more important uh, is, is are the soft skills that are required for a healthy building. Uh, green buildings will ensure that uh, we're, uh, you know th those physical features are present, uh, but but uh, it goes beyond that. Uh, uh, we we want to be more encompassing when when we talk about sustainability in the sense that there has to be uh, protocols and practices in place uh, for the occupants as well as the building manager or the property manager uh, to ensure that. Uh, um, there are guidelines and practices that would in, uh, just, just uh, for example, this, this current pandemic, um, it, it uh, teaches us a lot of things. But uh, in terms of preparedness, uh, it, it's quite crucial for the property managers, the, uh, the residents or the occupants to be very familiar with all of the, the safety measures and the uh, healthcare 
uh, guidelines to, to ensure that everybody would be safe and healthy. All right, thanks, Chris, for sharing those thoughts. Um, Emma, now from a residential segment standpoint, um, can a healthy building protect homeowners uh, from diseases? Um, the, company, the company has been doing all our developments as solar-powered community, and this is our commitment to World Bank and IFC as, as their champion for the Philippines for affordable housing. So when you have edge certification, you're able to take care of the savings for electricity, which take care of the mental. Uh, it, it's like when you wanna you wanna help the buyer, you gotta help her mentally, you know, physically, and even her health. So as far as mentally, you know, when you have solar, you're able to they're able to save uh, savings from from these electricity bills. And they're able to also do some some kind of little business from from that, and at the same time, when you have uh, the green the edge, you're able to save uh, water from water from from the using the right um, equipment. Like we use Potsy, this is a approved faucet by World Bank, and um, the biggest the biggest part of of this that we're doing now is that uh, we're using this. Uh, building materials that I was just explaining a while ago and um, there's never been uh, a developer that has used uh, uh, ultra high performance concrete because you use them for for uh, highways and uh, roads and bridges but they were able to invent this in Denmark and this high performance concrete is able to avoid leak proof surface because of its uh, because of its non-porosity. And this one resists the growth of bacteria and viruses. In other words, application of high-performance concrete eliminates potential diseases and infection. So this is really the, the biggest thing that, that is really happening uh, in the industry. Like There's a lot of technology now which could really well answer not just uh, opening of the window, not just the solar, which is also needed because you, if you if you bring solar and and give savings to the people, it helps climate change and then uh, protects the immune system of the entire society, entire Philippines. If it's cleaner air, cleaner environment, then the immune system of, of our people here is going to be better. But at the same time, when you build like this, then what you do is you really protect somebody inside. So. I'll give you an example. If you build uh, hollow blocks, the porosity of the hollow blocks, you know, uh, the algae from outside goes inside and in time, the elements get exposed and those start getting build up, build up molds inside your homes. If you go inside your houses, you see some molds. These are so dangerous to, to lungs of people. When, when you have the, the right technology, the right building material that's available in the market right now, then that's, that's not anymore possible. They cannot infiltrate, and so uh, your, your safety inside a house is really there. It's, it's, uh, it's, no, longer, um, it's no longer what you're saying, uh, just putting the, the right, um, right painting or the right window. No, it's the material itself that is protecting the people. So right. it, see... So that's a, that's a very big uh, invention nowadays that's happening in the market. 
Right, Emma, if I understand you correctly, what you're saying is that the building materials themselves can play a large part in the spread of a future pandemic. That's right, because it, it prevents viruses. And, and when, you, when you prevent viruses, especially now when people are, are trying to stay in their homes, then when you are in a healthy home, which is the real definition of a healthy home, then what happens is that their immune system gets stronger. Unlike when you're a place that uses still the old uh, regular conventional way of construction, then the people that are there get sicker because, you know, um, the, the, the house is not well made. Well, that, this technology just got available um, two years ago because it was an invention in Denmark by uh, all the institutes in Denmark. And, and, and we were so lucky to be able to bring it here and apply it for, for affordable housing, middle housing, and even now we're, we're building um, four or five-story condominium using the technology. And it's not even higher, much higher than the precast uh, pre wall, which is probably equal, but then it's, it's safer, healthier, and it's faster. Right. Thanks for that, Emma. Uh, what I find interesting from both Chris and Emma is that we're talking about building design and construction materials and how that plays a part um, in preventing a future outbreak. Now, I have a question now for you from a developer standpoint, right? So we're moving ourselves from the tenants and from the homeowners. Um, implication of uh, the late a green building design, better construction materials in general, moves towards higher costs for the developer. Now, beyond conserving resources for the tenants and for our home buyers, um, why should developers try to achieve healthy buildings? Perhaps um, starting with Chris, could you share some thoughts on this? Well, why should developers consider uh, green and healthy buildings? Sure. Uh, I, I think uh, what, what the current situation has really emphasized now is uh, we we need to look at society as a whole, right? We we don't live in a vacuum. We don't operate in a vacuum. We can't just consider our businesses and our industries uh, operating in a vacuum. I think everybody is interrelated. Everybody uh, is related. Uh, it's a whole ecosystem, whole economy uh, relies on uh, different industries and one another. So uh, I think for, for, for one industry and one business and one company to do well, it has to ensure that it takes care of uh, uh, society and its community. And uh, I, I, I believe that, the, I, I hope that uh, a lot of other developers would start to adopt the same outlook. Uh, whereas uh, it, it it helps your your business to take care of uh, others. Uh, I, I guess you you start with uh, the people in your company, and then uh, your, your sharehold shareholders, your customers, uh, and everybody else uh, in, in the community by coming up with uh, healthy buildings, healthy developments, and uh, you you can ensure that. Um, as mentioned earlier from, from the get-go, by adopting that mindset, uh, everything is incorporated in the design and master planning stage already. Um, and I think uh, it, it pays. Um, um, th there are some 
costs to it, but there are also some uh, derived savings. And uh, but definitely there there will be some cost. And and uh, uh, as as we've seen now, we we've been we've realized this before, but I think now it's it's quite evident that the costs of uh, having unhealthy buildings, unhealthy environments, unhealthy working uh, setups, um, everything it will actually cost more. This whole pandemic, this this whole issue of uh, just being hospitalized, being treated, uh, it's the the cost to that is are far greater. So I think if there's any one lesson that uh, we we can derive as developers is, you know the the what we perceive as additional cost to ensure that a, a development, a project is, is sustainable, green, and healthy are actually minuscule to, to the negative effects that can happen. Right? Sure, thanks, Chris. Uh, Emma, do you agree with this? Oh, yes, definitely. You know, I was listening to Ray Dalio and uh, he, was, he was talking about the new world order for, for the global um, for the global scenario. And, you know, of course, we're gonna be having a problem on, on finance and a lot of countries will be affected, but continuously he was talking about climate change. And I, I was, you know, I knew this uh, way back in 2014 when we started our solar powered community. And people then at the time would not believe what I'm doing because they said, you know, she's, she's uh, putting solar and it's very expensive and she's putting it on, on her smaller houses. But I continued doing it. And um, when, when the pandemic started and, you know, I, I, I saw and I heard that the, the pollution has gone down, I mean, then you see that there's no difference between the rich and the poor. When, when you don't take care of the poor or the, even the, the, the low-income segment of the market, which, which really buys all the affordable housing that we do, um, if you don't do that, then, you know, the, the, there's it's equal when it, the pandemic comes. So when, when you protect the environment, you protect the low-income buyers, you protect the middle-income buyers, you protect everybody, then, then things will be better. The immune system of the people living in each country will be better. So if you can see the pandemic, which started in 1918, and recently they're coming every, you know, every now so often. And we need to, we need to, to, to look at that and... Um, and then really the developers and builders should really embrace uh, climate change factor in their, what they're doing. Uh, I've, been, I've been trying to be an advocate on this, um, asking many developers to join hands. And, and sometimes uh, they, it's so hard for them to, to, uh, to give up a little bit of um, maybe profit. Um, they, they still could not you know, because when you do something like this, you need you need to have a little bit of cost. But other than that, it's so hard for others to adapt changes. And uh, when when we start talking about solar, for instance, they if they don't understand the concept, they will not, and they they don't really want to understand it. Then it's so hard for them to adapt. But I I I, I can see that a lot of uh, buyers now's per perception is changing. And they now realize that uh, a green home is better for them. Um, our company's growth has been 70% every year. 
because we've been we've done the solar part community since 2015 and then uh, in 2018 we added the building technology of Denmark which is really really safe and uh, and also green it, you, you know the panels uses 85% less cement so we're not big contributor to the to, to the environment's pollution so uh, everybody should embrace this and the government has a lot of, of um, a lot of stake in this I think they should be also be part of it uh, like giving incentives to developers who are really going into green buildings and healthy buildings probably uh, give a, a policy that all developers should have one like this in order to get their permit so that it will be uh, for everyone so everybody is going to adopt then the other thing is that the private sector uh, all the uh, housing association should should have that as one of our policy to include uh, green and uh, climate change uh, mitigation so that's 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 really my stake into that thank you emma for for those comments uh, Marla, i'm curious about your thoughts now not so long ago um this green agenda has also been quite synonymous with a luxury uh, luxury developers agenda only right um do you still think that holds or is it a new essential um you know i agree with chris and emma in a way that um Actually, with this with this pandemic, I think now developers have a greater responsibility to have not just green buildings, but as we say in our topic, it's really healthy buildings, right? Um, it's no longer just a statement, if I may say, or a marketing angle. It's really a necessity now. It's an essential. We just can't take it for granted anymore. Um, I know that green buildings have been associated with luxury properties but i've also been reading and there are ways that you can actually lower the cost and um, put up a green and healthy building but um again also going back to what chris said the end the bottom line or the lasting value of what you can get from making or constructing a green building is far more worth than the initial cost that you will accumulate. Um, again, um, it all has to do with design. Uh, from what I read and also from what Filigree has been doing, it's really, what's important really is if you want it to be all cost efficient um, and really future ready, that's also one of the keywords eh, for green building and healthy buildings, is that it's future ready. So again, from the get-go, from the onset, you have to have that smart plan design. You have to keep in mind the whole human experience of your um, of your residents, of your tenants. What are what do you actually want them to gain from living or from staying in your building? Um, the whole planning, even as simple as the positioning of your building. I mean, whether it's, I mean with sunlight, let's say, or actually, let's just say the location of the building. That alone is important, right? Um, for example, for Filigree, we're located in uh, a township that's actually also awarded as a best mixed-use development um, township. It's called the Garden City because of its landscape. It's really, if you come to Philinvest City, it's really more of greens rather than buildings. And this was intentional for them 
because they see the lo- the lasting value in living in a community that's more green, that has more open spaces, rather than living in a concrete jungle. Um, and we 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 agree with that, and it's actually very much in line with what we have in mind for our properties. It's important that not only is our building design good, sufficient, and will help the the lifestyle of the occupants, but it's important also that when they get out, everything also works well. Everything is walkable. Um, there are also um, green, sustainable um, developments, like let's say an eco uh, an eco jeep that they can use. So it it works. It's a again, it's holistic. It's just not indoor, but also outdoor. So it's really a joint effort of the of real estate developers to have um, high and better consciousness of making things uh, or constructing buildings and um, commercial, whether it be commercial, office, or residential that are smart, smartly designed, that are well-planned, that are really um, people-centric, actually. That's what you want to say. It's all about the people. Uh, it, it really, um, you have to move forward, not just by building and building and building. It really has to be more well-thought-out purposeful, intentional. Um, right now, with the pandemic that's been going, um, really the heightened um, awareness of how important how important where you are, what your house, your building. I'm pretty sure people who are confined in their homes are like, I wish I had a balcony or I wish I had more space or I wish I had, um, I wish my place was near a, an essential service like a supermarket. These all come to consideration now. And so I think after this, really, again, it's a heightened awareness for the customers and then, I mean, for the market. So it's greater responsibility for the real estate developers. So, yeah, there, there, there should be um, greater awareness and really more seriousness in constructing not only green buildings, but healthy buildings. Sure, Marla. That being said, do you think the COVID-19 pandemic, you mentioned a heightened awareness. Has the, has the pandemic um, in the last few months raised the stakes for healthy buildings in the Philippines? Yeah, um, yeah definitely. <laughs> I think so. I think it will be more reasonable or, how do I say it, justifiable. You know, why is this building green? Why is this real estate developer making a green building? Again, it's no longer just a statement or a marketing angle. There's a purpose to it. People will really realize that hey, there's, there's actually, these are all beneficial to us in the long run. In the future, the world is continuously evolving. Um, again, this pandemic shows how much, how much the world is changing. We're not even prepared for it. So yeah, the stakes are, get, are higher. Um, it gives us more reason. Even, I mean, real estate can even leverage on this that the market that, hey, you need this. This is actually essential. This is no longer just a luxury, um, a luxury for luxury, right? This is everyone needs it. Um, rich or poor, rich, middle class, poor, they all need it. We all need it. Everyone has a right to a healthy building, to live or work in a healthy building. Thanks, Marla. Chris, do you agree with this? Uh, with this perspective? Definitely. I think what uh, this pandemic situation has brought about is. It's, uh, it actually accelerated uh, the norms and the practices that will eventually become the new normal. 
um, you know, the need for, for green and healthy and uh, observing sustainable practices, not taking care of the environment, the people, uh, as well as, uh, uh, you know, the companies and, and how, how things are done. Um, we're, we're moving to a new normal. Everybody's been saying that. So uh, what this has just, it just, what this has done is it has amplified uh, the need for all of these practices, these good practices, um, in terms of designing and developing uh, buildings, homes. Um, I, 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 you know, um, in, in relating to market segments, in ter- uh, even whether it's for luxury or affordable or mid, um, green features, healthy features were treated as marketing uh, elements, no? things to help sell. Uh, I think uh, we all have to adopt this as part of our lifestyle now. These are basic essentials uh, to healthy living. And uh, the way we see it is, you know, like before, you you would look at uh, mobile phones as as, uh, having internet data as uh, um, luxuries. Uh, But as as we see the need for this and, and we integrate it into how we do things, our, our lifestyles, then they become basic essentials already. And uh, the way we see it is as this whole, well, as, as unfortunate as this situation is, uh, it has actually accelerated uh, the, the appreciation for um, personal health and uh, you know, uh, smart, green, and sustainable developments. Right, Chris, when you say acceleration or this change perception, um, in your view, will it push Phil- in the re- Philippine real estate sector developers to move in direction, in that direction and to action it? I think so and I hope so. <laughs> uh, as, as I mentioned, um, when, when, when uh, your market or, or the buyers out there have, have a greater understanding and appreciation of what a healthy lifestyle means, what are the benefits to an individual and to a community and to the different industries. When, when your employees are, are, are healthier and have a, uh, you know, a, a healthier frame of mind, uh, when, when all of this are appreciated, um, you know, the market will, will shift to that. We, we, it's similar to you know, the, the shift to quality when a market matures and you realize all of this are essentials, not just, not just uh, um, uh, something that you wish for, but actually basic essentials. And uh, I, I think developers will, will start looking at this seriously and um, uh, consider the, the, you know, them not just additional costs, but uh, must-haves already. And I really hope that uh, more developers, if not all, adopt uh, you know, the practices that uh, our company, Artaland, uh, together with uh, Emma and Marla, uh, we hope that uh, we can inspire each other and others to, to, to practice the same uh, sustainable, green, and healthy uh, practices. Right now, that being said, for developers who might not be immediately moving forward, what do you think is holding them back? Uh, I think the traditional 
uh, reason for that is really, you know, uh, as Emma mentioned a while ago, a lot of the other developers look at it as uh, unessential cost. Uh, all of these features uh, eat up to your profits. And uh, mind you, mind you, uh, Deborah, it, it takes a lot of commitment, a, a great deal of commitment and discipline for a company or a developer to actually um, uh, achieve um, sustainability and uh, th those uh, green building certifications. Um, it's, it's not easy. It's not easy. So it takes a lot of commitment for companies to actually achieve them. Uh, and, and uh, you know, it, it has to involve um, the whole organization adopting the mindset that we need this and this will actually make things better, um, not just for the company, uh, as well as its buyers and, and the community as a whole. Sure, so you would say it's more of a long-run plan and a long-term commitment. Um, yes, uh, and uh, hopefully, you know, this, this unfortunate incident can probably accelerate that. I think that's, uh, that's uh, one of the positives that we can derive out of this, is that this realization will, will accelerate uh, developers in, in changing their mindset uh, because definitely the market will be early adapters uh, in terms of uh, looking for these types of developments. Sure. Thanks, Chris. Emma, what are your thoughts on the matter um, about developers that are holding back or uh, might have some hesitations of committing to a sustainability agenda? Mm -hmm. You know, we're, we're a group of companies and we have, a, we have a solar company and most of it's building technology that we are also collaborating with other developers. And um, it's very easy to convince developers who are truly sustainable to adopt the, the build technology, for instance, because they are already in there, their heart is in there. However, when you when you start talking to other developers who are who are just mindful of the the costs you know it's so it's so difficult because you start comparing hollow blocks to this high tech technology i mean it's like comparing apples to oranges and yet when you when you see the 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 the, the impact on on buyers for instance our the, aside from being mold-free, that, that technology lasts 267 years. That kind of panel lasts 267 years. There's no other panel that can last that long. So when you start telling them that, the, the, the immediate answer would be, oh, I mean, the buyers won't care if it will last 167, 267 years. But even if you, you just say, okay, what about 100 years? So what we do is we just say it lasts 100 years because we, we do have a certification on that. But when you say 100 years and you compare a hollow blocks, which is an ordinary block that lasts only 30 years, then you see the value of, of that particular house to be growing seven times compared to the hollow blocks because at the end of the 30 years, that hollow blocks is gone. So value for money of the buyer, it's there. And at the same time, it's green. At the same time, it's healthy. At the same time, it's easily uh, buildable. So um, when, you, when you start uh, explaining this, it's so hard for them 
uh, to compare the cost of the hollow blocks and compare it to this technology uh, that cost a little bit, say 10 to 15% higher. But then when you, when you compare it, the benefit of that 15% goes to the buyer as well as to the developer because the, the way to construct this new building technologies comes from the factory and it's built, you know, the walls are built in four hours compared to 30 days. So uh, we're still having that, that struggle, but many of those people who got interested in us are now uh, talking to us again because of the pandemic. And uh, I think one of the, one of the big attractions is that uh, when, you, when you consider precast light panels being set up in hours, like a two-story in four hours in the site, you'd only need three people to install it. And when you start using hollow blocks, then uh, at this point, even if we open under GCQ, you will need at least eight to ten people to, to you know to put the hollow blocks and then put the electrical, put the pipes and all that. So you need, and these people are gonna stay there for thirty days just to set it up, put it up. With with that with that kind of technology, it's there in four hours. Social distancing becomes perfect, and then you know you don't have that kind of uh, that problem. So. Um, so that the, the new normal is going to be changing. So because a lot of developers will be thinking, oh my God, how am I, how are we going to go back there with a lot of people again? What if this pandemic come back? So um, I can see um, a lot of uh, potential that that they will adopt the new the, the new uh, innovations for green technology that's easy to build and all that. So because of this, because of the trying times. All right, thank you. And then my next question is uh, addressed to the panel because all three of us sitting here today um, are proponents of this healthy building uh, agenda, right? Um, I like to think that just as developers in the Philippines were getting up to speed with their sustainability efforts, um, we have now the COVID-19 pandemic, um, which suddenly threatens their very survival. So my question um, to each of the panelists is how should developers in the Philippines in particular maintain that sustainability agenda as they deal with an existential challenge? Uh, perhaps starting with um, Marla from Filigree. Yeah, well, I think, um, I don't think the word should be threatened. <laughs> I think they should be challenged actually to construct better buildings. By better, we mean healthy buildings, right? Green and healthy buildings that are more people-focused. Um, this pandemic or COVID-19 the new normal will actually really just in, really inspire and push the developers to to innovate and to think out of the box to be more mindful of their actions also um because because also the market will be more meticulous about their future um purchase right I mean, even even with non-residential um even with a skeletal system for workforce, I mean, you want to go to a building that's um, that's um, secure, that's safety, that's um, that's healthy, that will secure your safety, and that you know will follow sanitation standards. So there's a really um, an awakened um, effort for all developers really to do better. Um, again, it's not if you do it at the at the get-go, at the onset, I think you save more money, you become more cost-efficient, 
rather than building something that isn't well thought out and then just eventually changing it. But also, um, I'm not saying that existing buildings don't have the chance anymore to be a green building or a sustainable building, a healthy building. Of course, there are still measures and steps that they can take to improve their current operation. It's also hand-in-hand hand with their property management team. So there's always um, time and effort to change. But of course, again, it's better to do it at the onset. Um, also, I want to go back to what Chris said earlier. It's not easy being, because um, Filigree has had several, has two awards for Botanica Nature Residences, for its design, sustainability, innovation. Um, its other property, which is a village, also won um, an award for um, best subdivision in Asia Pacific property. It's not easy to get to these green um, sustainability awards. Um, as our president also said, you know, the end goal is not to be awarded. We're not, we're not getting qualified in these um, award-giving bodies just to win the award. This isn't the end goal. Really, what we get out of this is the professional guidance that we're on to the right track. That when we say we're green buildings, we're really following strict measures, strict guidelines. Um, we're really supported by professionals who know who knows the business better. Um, we're we're being guided by best practices. So that's I think that's one thing also that um, developers should keep in mind that you know these um, these award giving bodies or at least um, lead Berde these green councils are actually very um, helpful in i guess taking you to the right path and making you a very stable and legitimate green and healthy building the overall impact is really just um it's long-standing and again it's future ready we just really have to continue to innovate um it's really it's a growing responsibility again it's a growing responsibility it's an essential now it's a must um everyone will feel that because of what's happening now so there. So again, it's I don't think it's a threat. It's a challenge for developers to do better, to innovate. Thank you, Marla. Chris, what are your thoughts on the matter? Well, uh, I think sustainability and, uh, and designing uh, with regards to health, personal health in mind, go hand in hand. Uh, essentially, sustainability really means the environment, the uh, economy and you know the, and uh, society, right? So people, planet, profit. Uh, you, you have to take care of all of that uh, for everything to be sustainable. And uh, you know, coming up with green buildings, designing green, building green, um, really just uh, helps the environment and uh, putting in the wellness. Uh, features um, considering the uh, health and well-being of uh, either residents or office tenants just supports that um, so I think as developers uh, that Marla's right it's a it's a challenge uh, you need to look at your market and after this the market will demand uh, all of, all of this uh, features uh, to be in place, uh, they would move and uh, prefer to stay in in homes, in office buildings, in condos that uh, provide for a better well-being and health 
uh, overall satisfaction of people who occupy them. So for me, uh, we, we want to get better at what we're doing uh, to ensure that the future is better for, uh, for the people who occupy our properties. And I hope developers can also be quick in, in, uh, in, in addressing all of these uh, demands from our, from our buyers and, and future tenants. Right, jumping in on that thought real quick, Chris, um, like Mala mentioned just now, buyers, tenants, property seekers are getting a little bit more meticulous in their, in their demands. Um, when we talk about the buyer's demands, are we, how, how should they trust a developer on the building's uh, level sustainably? Is it just certifications that we're looking at? Well, you know, uh, the certifications are really just uh, uh, guides. No? Uh, it's, it's really just a way to quantify and to measure and uh, to ensure that uh, uh, a property uh, satisfies certain requirements. Um, to, to meet levels of uh, uh, sustainability and uh, wellness. Uh, there has to be a way for you to determine the level of uh, green and sustainability of certain properties. And those certifications uh, allow for that, uh, whether it be any of the green building councils um, from LEED to, to BERDE uh, to the IFC Edge, and uh, to the uh, International Well uh, Building Institute for the well certifications. Um, these are all guides and measures, um, but buyers can actually uh, determine that by, by, you know, by the quality of the properties. Um, you could actually see and feel uh, all of this uh, when you either uh, inspect or visit uh, a property that incorporates all of these uh, elements and features. Uh, uh, you know, um, th those certifications are, 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 are either plaques or papers, but uh, nothing beats actually the actual experience. And, and you would feel that. Um, you know, you, our... our Residents in, in our ARIA uh, condominium project in BGC always say that they actually love living there because it feels um, really good. Uh, plus the experiences, they, they save a lot in terms of the uh, energy savings, water. Um, so as, as uh, Marla and Emma mentioned uh, earlier, you know, the, the features that all, all of this bring to a property the, you know, first and foremost, the, the, the residents should be able to experience it and feel it. Yeah. Right. When we talk about uh, that feel-good experience, physical experience on ground, if I was a property seeker today and if I were to visit one of the buildings, what are some traits that I'm looking out for? Well, uh, if you were looking for, say, a... Depends. If you're looking for a home, a residence, or if you were um, looking for a workplace, uh, let me start off with, say, the workplace, right? Uh, it, a lot of the, the features and the elements that uh, we've all been, been talking about um, would be present in, in, in an office building, 
that would be certified by a green building uh, council. Um, so of course, the higher the higher the certification level, then that means uh, the features that you're looking for would um, have have uh, better uh, and more of, of the green features. Um, one is um, you you know the amount of light that comes in. You there's that feeling of airiness uh, and and brightness that uh, that uh, leads to one's uh, positive feeling. The air quality is another thing, and I, I think the density and uh, you know just the the, the simple uh, elements of uh, people transport in a building, you know, the quality of your elevators and, and the whole system, uh, air filtration, um, things like that, uh, all, all combine to a more pleasant and healthy and efficient uh, experience in an office building. All right, thank uh, you. Right, thanks Chris uh, for sharing your thoughts. Go ahead. And uh, now for, for, for residential, uh, it would be uh, similar. Uh, first of all, for, you have to look for uh, sustainable and green elements in terms of uh, the development. Uh, Emma mentioned uh, for their houses, they, they, they've been using solar panels. Right? So renewable energy, provisions for, to use renewable energy, uh, water saving features, um, the amount of uh, sun, quality air, the amount of open space, uh, the, the type of materials uh, that the developer has uh, used for, for the home. Uh, the, of course, the lower carbon embedded uh, particles in each material makes it a lot healthier for the residents. Uh, a lot of things, uh, including the, the utilization of uh, smart uh, uh, smart features, uh, automation, um, all of that uh, lends itself to, to a, a better lifestyle, uh, which, which brings um, better health, right. physically and think, mentally. <laughs> sure, sure. Do you think these are going to be the new normal um, after this COVID-19 pandemic? I think so. I think so. All right. Thanks, Chris, for, for those thoughts. Now, uh, moving on to Emma, actually, uh, I have one final thought on, on this panel. Um, Emma, do you think that this ECQ, uh, or moving on to a GCQ, this entire COVID-19 pandemic situation, is it opening new doors from a sustainability standpoint? Um, first thing that came to my mind when this was happening is that um, a lot of our a lot of our workers, millennials and all that, they, they, when, they, when they work uh, in the CBDs, they usually uh, rent dormitories. Sometimes they stay in four, four in one. And when the, when the pandemic came, we have a lockdown. Everybody started working from home. In my company, we were able to digitalize in two days. We were able to connect, connect everyone. So... A lot of these fears of people living in cramped areas are going to be potential buyers. And uh, they probably, in my case, I would like to be in an open area with more space. 
safe building, or safe safety residential communities uh, that 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 really promotes um, healthy benefits. So we are we're kind of optimistic that the, the 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 projects that we have are really the the houses that is really now um, matching the pandemic because a lot of people now are um, a lot of a lot of people now are asking. In fact, we're we're still selling, and when when we talk about solar on the roof, it, it's before. Say it's expensive. It's not. It's it's a myth that it's expensive because the solar cost just takes care of your electrical bills, and then uh, the house itself is separated. Now, when it comes to to the green building that we use, it it's probably a thousand pesos more, but equivalent to the value gained over the years. It's like savings of thirteen thousand pesos a month a month for the no repair and maintenance for the building. So. Um, these kind of features and uh, and uh, and the, the the fear of people of living in cramped areas is probably going to change. And, and a lot of developers are talking about that. Many of the communities now um, are going to be um, replanned, where everything is there. It's everything's uh, say walkable and some 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 kind of commercial space where there. Are, pharmacy and all that and bicycle and and some kind of leisure and another feature that that we we incorporated in one of our uh, development in Silang so we're putting up 17 buildings there lots of lots of space using all this technology we have is that we we will probably incorporate uh, workplace uh, workspace in the area in on our club so that work home because I, as an uh, as a as a company owner, I I now agree to uh, work from home. For fifty percent of my employees are already um, could really do work from home, and we're we're able to adopt the activities by giving them assignments, and every morning they submit their assignment, and auditors are going around the the workplace checking it. And I'd like to maintain that, not only uh, for my company's sake, but also for for environment's sake. The lesser uh, cars you have in the street, the lesser commuters you have in the street, the better the better it is for the environment. So, if the people fifty percent of our workforce are going to be working from home, then a lot of them will will be thinking of a uh, a nice community outside of the uh, CBDs, right? So uh, many of them would like uh, to live in the areas where it's healthier and a lot less polluted. Thank you, Emma, for sharing your your insights on the matter. Marla, on behalf of Filigree, um, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, is the pandemic situation opening new doors for you? Um, yes, definitely. I think um, actually for Filigree, I think it even strengthens our brand vision and brand strategy even more um, because as you see for filigree there just quickly there are four characteristics um, that we really prioritize in our projects okay so it's location um, space design and the presence of nature if you study all this this actually affects the overall well-being of the resident 
when you say location, um, are we building in a place wherein that resident or tenant or office worker can move freely or can have better access to convenience stores, to banks, or essential services, basically. Um, when you say space, um, most of our projects are actually condominiums. We have one um, village, but there is sometimes a, there is a misconception in condominiums that it's kind of restricted living, right? And we don't want that um, misconception for our projects. We always make sure that they have enough space to live, um, that it's flexible, that the, that the layout is it's breathable, they can move around easily, design it easily. Um, Another thing is design. Design is very important, most especially now for uh, the pandemic. Um, as I've said, um, is it? I think um, the market should look into: Are you able the design of the building? Is it? Um, is it nat? Is there natural daylight? The ventilation. Um, simple things like that actually um social distancing. For example, in our um, projects, we try to limit it. Well. For the more premium ones, of course, there's like 10 units to a floor. Some have even four units to a floor. But we also have projects that aren't that um, that um, low in density. But still, at the same time, we try to maintain it in such a way that you still are you still have that exclusive feel, and that you don't feel like um, you're all side by side or near each other's unit. So again, that aids in um, that aids in social distancing. Um, last, but something that is very important to us is the presence of nature. Um, we really believe in the overall lasting impact of having greens very accessible to you, whether it's through, whether it's just by going out of your balcony and easily seeing an obstructed view of a garden city or having a lush garden landscape, which we have in botanical res nature residences. Um, for two or four projects, we actually made sure to have um, 70% of the development dedicated to open green spaces. Um, also, like lifestyle amenities, do they have amenities that will be able to help you um, live um, a, a great lifestyle, right? Um, for you to exercise, to relax, um, even to bring up your immune system. I think these are things that, these four characteristics are things that um, the market should really look into when, when um, looking for a property, both non-residential and residential. And and yes, um, developers should also concentrate and focus on these aspects. Um, again, just to sum it up, design, um, design, operation, and the factors that can help you be a green property all um, play a major role in making you a healthy building and now more than ever it's very very essential for us developers to really push forward with this and to be more aware i guess of what has to be done it's our responsibility i hope i answered your question right yeah thank you marla <laughs> okay. for those thoughts um chris for you and on behalf of arthur lynn um has this COVID pandemic created opportunities for you what is your silver lining ah well I, I think for us, um, it, it uh, spots uh, it provides a spotlight, really, on the importance of the of, of the things that we believe in. No? As I mentioned, we as a company we we've adopted a design philosophy where we we want to leave a 
legacy of sustainable developments. And, uh, you know, uh, the silver lining here is uh, it allows us to, it allows our market as well as our other uh, stakeholders to truly understand and appreciate all of these, that, that, you know, the things that we, the reason why we build things this way, why we actually want to come up with these types of developments, uh, it, it allows people to better uh, appreciate all of those elements and features. So um, I have my dog here with me. <laughs> but uh, I, I, see that as a, I see that as a silver lining. And, uh, you know, j not just for our, our land, but, you know, we, we would actually uh, prefer that other developers who, who before did not see the importance of uh, sustainability, uh, green practices and uh, ensuring wellness and, and health uh, in, in their developments would actually also uh, appreciate all of this now and understand that it, it's actually a must. So we, we would like to see others in our industry to actually adopt all of this and the whole industry move uh, towards a more sustainable uh, way of doing things. All right. Thank you, Chris. And uh very big thank you again to uh, three of my guests for sharing a variety of, uh, of opinions today. Now, to recap, our topic today was about healthy buildings and sustainable initiatives, um, where our panelists shared insights, their thoughts on the correlation between the COVID-19 pandemic to healthy buildings. Once again, my guests are Christopher Narciso, Executive Vice President at Arthurland Development Corporation, we have Emma Imperial, President and CEO of Imperial Homes Corporation, as well as Marla Mendoza, Assistant Marketing Manager at Filigree. For viewers catching us live today, please do leave questions for us in the comments section if you'd like to know more. Thank you to our panelists again. Have a good afternoon. Thank you too. Pleasure. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. For more updates on future episodes of the Lemudi webinar series, follow our Facebook page at Lemudi Philippines.